section 29 of violet osborne this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by monica rolly violet osborne by lady emily ponsonby volume three chapter one la joie de faire du bien est tout autrement douce et touchante que la joie de recevoir revenons-y encore c'est un plaisir qui ne s'use point plus on le goûte plus on sera digne de le goûter fenelon lionel returned and took up his abode at home on tolerably friendly terms with his father he appeared to be duly struck with the change in ida and expressed himself warmly regarding her personal appearance but seemed in no hurry to bring matters to a crisis he had indeed been so long absent that there was something like a fresh acquaintance to be made and however much all parties might wish it it was less easy now that ida was grown up Mabonne, with fewer teeth and a stronger propensity to slumber was still ostensibly the chaperon but it was impossible that lionel should come and go with the unceremonious freedom of former days his own fastidious taste and his strong sense of propriety forced him to treat ida with respect and though unable to break off entirely his teasing habits he did for the most part behave to her in a manner becoming his position lord ashford and sir william who had expected an immediate arrangement were annoyed but both were too prudent to express their feelings and after the first disappointment calmly made up their minds to a delay as ida was still three months less than seventeen most people would have considered a delay desirable and so probably lionel felt it was very soon apparent that other schemes besides matrimonial schemes occupied his attention he had an active mind and a great desire not only that good should be done in the world but that he should do it from childhood upwards he had said he had said it constantly in his heart he had said it in the outpourings of that heart to his mother and he had sometimes said it to ida that he would be one of the world's good men one of those to whom the world should look up as a great doer of good works he had been impatient when he was a boy to grow up that he might begin his operations and though he owned that his time had hitherto been wasted that he had not as yet made even a step towards the position to which he aspired yet circumstances not himself he thought had been in fault and the time was now come when he might begin like a prudent man he determined to begin at home and he looked about him for a field or fields suited to his wants with tender recollection also of his mother and her wishes he went back into memory to recall her thoughts and gradually brought to mind a scheme in which she had once been absorbed 
it was shortly before the time when the new school had been built in compliance with mr pope's wishes as this last had been expensively done the funds for the other scheme had not been forthcoming and the plan was set aside but it recurred to lionel's remembrance now and gradually even in its minutest details was brought to mind the scheme in question was for the education of a limited number of girls as servants moral and intellectual teaching not neglected but cooking washing and other useful acquirements added with quick decision he resolved on undertaking this plan for his first work and having so resolved went to ida for help she interested in all his wishes and interested in every good work gave her heart and understanding to its furtherance but naturally enough she pleaded ignorance in such matters and in her turn applied to violet for information and assistance violet was delighted it was a practical plan suited to her practical mind and she entered into it with warmth her first observation was that it would be costly was mr vane prepared for that he to whom this observation was repeated by ida insisted on satisfying her and came to boscombe during one of her visits to do it he told her that he was prudent that he should begin with four or five girls that he had found a house which with a few repairs would answer the purpose and which lord ashford was willing to let for a very small rent and then he added that his mother had left to him exclusively a few thousands part of which he was anxious to devote to a plan on which her heart had been set pleased with all he said violet promised help if help was needed but meanwhile she took care so to imbue ida's mind with her own judicious views that the help a young man was sure to need in such a scheme should come from her alone never mother tried to set off a daughter's charms as violet tried to invest ida with the special graces lionel prized the conferences needed in drawing out the rules for the proposed institution were so numerous that nothing better could have been devised for throwing ida and lionel together looking on the plan in this light lord ashford and sir william hamilton each insisted on giving a contribution and the scheme progressed so favourable that there was hope of all things being ready for a beginning by christmas i'm quite delighted with the whole thing violet one day observed to ida the rules and all the arrangements are so good that i feel confident of its success and there is no telling what good may be done when a few young girls are thus placed where only right influences can reach them and after a time ida you must take them in charge and you must remember that girls poor girls like to be amused as well as rich ones it will be nice for you two or three times a week to go and read to them while they work a good story something to amuse them poor children and then it might be useful too if you were to teach them to sing 
she was proceeding eagerly with the expression of her wishes when ida's deep blush caught her eyes the house appropriated to the building was at some distance on the skirts of lord ashford's park being near his house and comparatively far from ida's violet's suggestions too pointedly alluded to the time when ida might be the resident there she was no longer what she had been when she so openly announced the event that was impending her love for lionel had assumed a new form that form when it retires from sight and shrinks from the notice of the world at the words of her companion she blushed and stooped her head over the writing on which she was employed violet quick to see and quick also to feel and to prove her sensitiveness knew yet natural paused then kissing her murmured forgive me i was indiscreet and changed the subject but in the almost daily intercourse that now took place she like lord ashford saw the beginning of the end and though the remembrance of ida's tender years made her patient she expected a few weeks or months at latest to bring all things to a happy conclusion satisfied with obtaining her valuable assistance through ida and when absolutely necessary with a discussion of some important subject at boscombe lionel had not hitherto troubled violet with visits at home but one morning he appeared i will not have this mamma violet said as she saw him enter the cottage gate here comes mr vane with a paper in his hand he takes more of my time than i can spare as it is now one thing and now another and if he is to come here and of a morning too i must him spoken to only once dear said her mother perhaps it is for something particular there can be nothing very particular since wednesday afternoon mr vane is fuzzy there is no doubt i like him very much and i think him very good but he does think his plans are the only plans in the world lionel had been kept waiting for a few moments while the housemaid taken by surprise was changing her working apron for a clean one he now came in and it was with an eagerness which made him forget the formal manners he still assumed whenever he had time to recollect himself he shook hands with both mother and daughter seated himself in the place mrs osborne pointed out and then began miss osborne do you remember a conversation we had about a schoolmistress three weeks ago yes and i thought you had got her so did i but now she declines to come we are too far from london for her taste i heard that from my friend yesterday morning and last night a new idea struck me i could not rest till i came to you about it would not your protege miss white do for us i know how anxious you are she should get some more suitable thing than she now has and i think in many ways this will be less weary work than her present task violet sat silent for a moment her eyes had sparkled with pleasure but then she looked grave what do you say and he eagerly examined her countenance don't you think it will do no she said slowly shaking her head i am very very sorry 
but i am afraid it ought not to be it is very kind of you to have thought of it but it will not do miss white is not fit is she mamma i am afraid there is no doubt about it are you sure he asked with disappointment in his tone i know you do not think her a very good teacher for the mind but this is different and those who are least intellectual are often the best for practical life but that is just what she is not she is not fit if fitness is considered for her present situation but she is far less fit to make girls good useful women no i could not ought not to say it would do i know you would soon find out your mistake i am very sorry then he said rising from his seat and that is all i have to say but thank you for your openness it is not everybody that i should have trusted when a protege was in question but i knew i should only have truth from you i hope so indeed violet said smiling ah it is not so common a thing as you think is it mrs osborne mrs osborne not being certain what he had asked only smiled and turning again to violet he said shall you see ida to-day i am afraid not i am busy to-day no more shall i i must write to Bu to talk to the clergyman there about a mistress he is sensible and may give a good opinion which is more than i can say for your friend mr pope mr pope is sensible up to a certain point violet observed never willing to agree with lionel in his depreciation of men and things the point is only so high then he replied playfully making the mark of a child's height with his hand then as if suddenly remembering how much he had unbent he drew up and added if you chance to see ida will you be good enough to tell her where i am gone good morning violet returned to her employment she was adapting some fine chords from beethoven to the words of a psalm that is she had been so occupied when lionel entered but though she resumed her place she now said idly before the music a pen in her hand but her thoughts wandering mrs osborne watched her for some time then went to her and put her hand on her shoulder you are sorry about amy dear violet started yes mamma how you guess it would have been the very thing for her and her mother together in such a comfortable house as it will be but i could not have said she was fit if she had been my sister i could not have said it no dear i don't think you could amy will never influence young girls you were very right to speak as you did dear violet sighed ah oh, mamma what i was thinking was how much responsibility we take upon ourselves ignorantly if i had thought of amy as i do now how differently i should have advised about her i remember she paused then trying to speak steadily and indifferently but her voice becoming hoarse and low went on mr lester once said he thought her so much better fitted to be a dressmaker than a schoolmistress it was after we had seen how helpless she was and how many difficulties there were in making her understand our views about her future life but i would not hear of it for her i was so bent on keeping her a lady and now i see that he was right perhaps so dear 
but it could not be expected that at eighteen you should have the experience you have now but mamma my mistakes may do real harm yesterday amy was hearing a class of boys and she was fretful and aggravating and i saw them making faces at her it made me wretched all day and when mr vane spoke this morning my heart at first bounded at the thought of freeing her and them but in a moment i felt it would not do and there she must stay and perhaps she's making the boys wicked and it is my fault that is morbid darling you must not have such thoughts i always trust that if we sincerely wish to do good god will not suffer even our mistakes to do real harm you are very comforting mamma and violet rose up and kissed her mother i will not fret about amy any more i hope something will rise up for her in time and for myself i can at least resolve to make no more mistakes and with this earnest resolve her countenance brightened and she turned her thoughts again to the work before her End of section twenty nine. End of volume three, chapter one. Recording by Monica Raleigh.